0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back for this week's episode of the Perky podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn. I hope you are well. And before we begin, as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to reach out, say hello, introduce yourself. I don't bite, and I would love to hear from you. My email address is rabbi Shlomo Cohen, Kohn, at gmail.com. For this week, we're continuing with Perek Bay's Mishnah Tesvav, chapter 2, Mishnah 15. And for the past few Mishnahis, we've been talking about the students of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. The Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai had five primary disciples. And then he asked them different questions. He asked them what's the right way, the best trait to use as a springboard to be a good person. And then he followed the next Mishnah by asking them what's the trait that a person should stay away from to be very careful about. And now the Mishnah focuses really primarily to the students themselves. And the Mishnah begins, they each said three things. And it seems from the commentaries that these students, these five students of Rabbi Yochanim and Zakkai would customarily say these Three teachings, or these different teachings that we're about to say in public, they reiterated them constantly. So hey, my ruchlechet they would say these three things. The students of of Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Lezer Aimer, Rabbi Lezer would say, "Let your fellow's honor be to be as dear to you as your own." And do not get angry easily. Do not become, you know, hot-headed very quickly. And repent one day before you die. Warm yourself by the fire of the sages. But, however, be careful from their glowing coal lest you get burnt. We'll explain what that is a little bit later. For their bite is the bite of a fox. And their sting is the sting of a scorpion. And their hiss is a hiss of a serpent. And all of their words are like fiery coals. So we have some teachings here from Rabbi Yazar and from the Talmidim, the students of Rabbi Yochanim and Zakkai. And we're going to go through them one by one. First teaching of the Mishnah is, You should have your friends, treat your friend's honor as if it's it's your own honor. You know, there's a, a famous adage, which I believe comes from the Mishnah, is that treat your friend as the same way that you want to be treated, right? How is it right for somebody to treat someone else on a certain standard but expect others to treat them in a different way? And it's not just how we treat others. It's how, how we deal with others, how we interact. There's a famous story that they say happened to the base Halevi. Beis Halevi was, as I mentioned in other episodes, different stories about him, but he was the father of the yeshiva movement. The way that he dissects the Gemara, the way that he looks at the Talmud, the way that he studies it is the same way that the Talmud is studying yeshiva today. And it seems that he was traveling from place to place and he came to an, it was bitterly cold, extremely cold, he couldn't continue traveling. He came to an inn it was a Jewish inn, and he knocks on the door, and he says, you know, I'm, I'm freezing cold. Please let me in, and, and this man says, closes the door on his face, and he, beg- he knocks again, knocks again. He says, fine, you can come in, but you, he gives, stay in, in, in the boiler room, in the shed, you know, away from everybody. And fine, okay, the base of Levi comes in. You imagine this great, steam rabbi. People didn't recognize who people were in those days for sure. And he he places him in in the shed with some hay with with the with with the homeless people or whatever, and he's there. Soon enough, a few hours later, another you know a great Hasidic Rebbe comes in, and this uh, innkeeper recognizes this uh, great grand rabbi, and he welcomes him in. And quickly he tells the cook to wake up to make a meal, and he and he gives him and he, and he, in 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 the middle of the night. He 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 treats him like royalty. And he brings a meal and drinks and everything. And in the course of the commotion, this this uh, rabbi, this grand rabbi, this Hasidic rabbi, recognizes somehow that this elderly fellow sitting in the side in this you know shack, in the side of this inn, is the Beis Alevi. And he quickly calls him up and brings him here. He brings him to the head table and and it gives him the due honor that he deserves you know towards the end of the evening the owner of the inn comes to beg the base for forgiveness and you know he he said i could you know i could forgive you for myself but what about everyone else that you treat like this how do you forgive them meaning to say this individual he was willing to treat somebody who he knew who how great they were on a certain standard but someone that didn't meet that standard he didn't treat them well at all Treated like, like garbage. And, you know, the message for us, which I, I, I believe is the, the idea that the Mishnah is conveying, is that when we treat people, we shouldn't look at, you know, the exteriors, and that's how we treat them. We should treat people, and it's even if you look into the wording of the Mishnah, it doesn't say treat everyone the same, meaning... This is even a deeper understanding. You know, us, us as Americans, we're into equality, right? Everyone's equal. The Torah view is a little different. It's a, it's a little bit more nuanced. I would say it's even, it's even a better standard than equal. Treat people how you want to be treated, right? Think about that for a moment. Pe- treat people the way that you want to be treated. And you know that could differ in a situation. Some situations, you could just want to be treated one way in some situations be treated in a different way but the point is is that the way you want to be dealt with that's the way you deal with others and it doesn't make a difference what type of person that is and who that person is and what their beliefs are and how they look you have to treat them the way you want to be treated and then you know this is something we should when we're able to see past exteriors and you know i guess look at someone's neshama we're able to i guess treat people in this way i believe that's the key because you know when we look at sometimes people look a certain way maybe they smell a certain way and we judge them that's what human beings do and sometimes that judgment is a safety thing right it protects us from certain situations certain people we want to stay away from based on how they look right it's a, it's a we have to make those decisions sometimes but sometimes we make those decisions because of the way we feel about certain things and it's not really a reason for things but if we are able to look at past exteriors, look at someone's neshama and that they're a shining soul. So then we're able to deal with them in a different way. And I'm not saying you have to take certain people and bring them into your house and you know give them hugs and kisses. No, I'm not saying that. But my point is that when you do have interactions with people that maybe are not the same as you, they're a little different background, they you know, maybe they're more religious than you, maybe they're less religious than you, maybe they I don't know, maybe they're a different religion altogether. You should treat them with respect and deal with them in the same way that you want to be treated. Baaltihi, the Mishnah continues, Noyah lichois. Do not be easy to anger. You know, we know that the Mr. Shasharam tells us. That anger is a trait that can lead to murder. You think about that for a second. Anger can lead to murder. So you might wonder, what does that mean? Anger leads to murder? You get angry, fine, you know? But the truth is, is that the rule is that you can never say bye-bye to your brains. You can never say, you can never not be in control. You have to always be in control. And really, the essence of anger is when a person gives up control. They're giving up control. They're saying bye-bye to their brains. That's the way that it was said over to me from one of my rabbis. And um, you know, we hear these stories in the news, unfortunately. People get into you know, road rage. People want someone cuts off someone else, and then someone ends up dead. Doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's unchecked anger. People get angry and things escalate more and more, and boom—the next thing you know, guy, someone, someone's dead. Or you hear these fights turning into shootings. I, I know there's so many stories like this. This is, you know, it, 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 this is anger, unchecked anger, and it's something that you know. Don't just think that it's something that has to do with you know someone living depending on the zip code where you live on. That's it's only for 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 some you know someone who comes from a certain background doesn't have to do with me you know these type of things anger leading to death no we all if we don't control our our emotions control when we get upset so then we're just as easily we're we're maybe a little bit further removed from the situation but we we're just as easily can get there that's something we we need to think about. Um, when it comes to anger, and that's what the mission is telling us: don't become angry easily. You know, we obviously everyone has a boiling point, but we should try to work on ourselves to let things roll off our chest, to not take things, um, you know, don't take it to heart. Maybe try to try to let go, try to, you know, see past things if we could, and try to to be a person where we don't get upset easily. Mishnah continues: v'shuv yoyim and repent one day before your death. Now the commentaries ask, so what does this mean? We should only one day before we pass on, we should do teshuva? Nobody knows when they're going to pass. So how do we just do teshuva the day before we pass on? And the commentaries explain that this mission is saying doesn't mean you do teshuva, you return the day before you die. Rather, it means Live every day as if it's your last day, right? If if someone would tell you, you know, this is uh, if an angel would tell you, would have a prophecy and say, this is the last week you have on this earth, right? What would you be busy with? What would you do? Obviously, you'd spend time with your family, but we know the point of this world, the, the reason why we're here, is to prepare for the next world is to, as they say in Yiddish, to chapa to, to, to gather the opportunity for Torah, for mitzvot. That's something which we cannot have in the next world. The opportunity, We only could reap the reward in the next world. We can't earn the different um, mitzvot. Then we can't perform mitzvot in the next world. So we, we would be busy doing things which are truly important. Mitzvot, learning. We try to do as much as we can with the time that we have. And that's on a on a, a simple understanding. Have you means live every day as if as if it's your last, meaning make every day matter. That's the mission message of the Mishnah. Don't just say, ah, I have time to kill today. We don't kill time. We have time, it's productive for us. Time is productive. And I just heard a, a very important idea that really ties into this thought is that. You know, we all get to a point sometimes where we feel like we want to give up. We feel like we want to give up. The fact that we're still here, we're still around, and God hasn't, quote-unquote, pulled the plug on us, it means that we have the ability to turn things around for the better. Meaning, no matter what happens to us, if we fall, we stumble, we have to always recognize that as long as we're alive here, God believes in us enough that he's willing to keep us here that we can make things better and achieve and accomplish and be great. And, you know, this is, ties into this idea of living our lives to the fullest. Because when we have this recognition and realization that we're here for a purpose, and the fact that we're living right now means that God believes that we can do it, we can turn things around, we can achieve. Because if not, he would have called a number a while ago. But the fact that we're here, it means we could become great. We can achieve. That's the job of a human being, to become great. It's not an easy job necessarily, but it's something that we can do. And if God believes that we can do it, we can do it. Bavi mischamim keneget uru'an shachamim. has warm yourself by the fire of the sages. And the Mishnah here, what it's referring to, and we go into the Mishnah digress a little bit after this, about just be careful. Just do it carefully. The first thing is spend, being around the sages, warming yourself by the fire of the sages, learning from their ways. You know, there's the, there's expression, that sometimes when we are not learning, but the way that we're learning is by, or Shimushai, he, 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 I'm forgetting the exact wording of the of the Talmud, but the idea is that the Talmud tells us that sometimes when what, what you're able to gain from watching a Torah scholar from you know someone who is a righteous individual is actually more than what you would have gained through learning. That sometimes when we see people, when we see Talmud HaChachamim, when we see righteous Torah scholars, and we see great people, we're able to Take in more from them, just from observing them doing their daily routine, than from even studying Torah. Obviously, it means that we need to study Torah stuff. But the point is, is that we have the opportunity to get close to a Talmud Chacham, to a Torah scholar, or to a place of Torah, to a institution that's that studies Torah. We should take advantage of that opportunity, because the it's it's like real hands on learning. You know that sometimes they. When a doctor or a lawyer, actually, I know a friend of mine who's a lawyer, I said to him, I said, you know, you went to law school for three, four years, spent over $100,000 in law school. Did anything you learn come in handy in the courtroom? And pretty much what he told me is obviously you learn certain things, basics of terms and so on and so forth, but everything he gained was from experience. And a lot of things in life are like that as well, and in Torah, and in our connection to Hashem and observance, observances and our avodas Hashem, our connection to Hashem as well. That sometimes it's the, you know, doing the actual action. It's the experiencing that you can gain tremendously. So being around Torah scholars. Being in a place of learning in a synagogue. um, These experiences can change a person immensely, you know. And 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 I'm going to add to that, experiencing a Shabbos, all the way. um, You know, having certain immersive Jewish experiences can change a person' whole life trajectory. The point is, is that we. Need to take advantage of the opportunities that we have to really gain in that way, and that's what the Mishnah is telling us. So it's the Mishnah is saying it in, in more of connecting to Torah scholars, but I want to add to it that maybe you could say as well to just bring out this idea of the Mishnah that it's also, you know, experiencing a Shabbos, getting involved in Torah learning. Right? You know, we have the opportunity. Sometimes we we run a trip here to go to the lake with yeshiva. To, to have a day of study. And in a certain, you know, it's a certain avirah, a certain atmosphere that you just can't replicate anywhere else. And that's my encouragement, no matter where you are, to try to find different ways to, you know, if if you have a Torah scholar, or a place of study where you could attach yourself, go for it. And if you have, um, you know, institution where you could experience this, um, you know, this atmosphere, go for it. But even if you don't, you could still involve yourself in mitzvos and benefit from the certain immersive experiences such as the Shabbos or other parts of the Torah. And he says, but be careful, if you're gonna come close to Talmud Chacham, to Torah scholars, you know, beware of their glowing coal. Like you don't want to come too close. You don't want to start viewing them as regular people. Obviously there are people, they're human beings, but..." When you get to know somebody a certain way, you start looking at them differently and, and your respect for them goes down. And if you do that, the Mishnah tells that Meaning, if you start relating to these to these Torah scholars in a way that you relate to their friends, because now you 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 sort of normalize them. They're just like, oh, he he I eat ice cream, he eats ice eat cream too. We're both buddies. No, it's not like this. Still have to have a certain level of awe and respect when it comes to Torah scholars. And <clears throat> because it, And if a person doesn't, you risk. and their bite is the bite of a fox. and akitsas they're sitting, their sting is the sting of a scorpion. And their hiss is the hiss of a serpent. And v'chol dvareim And all the words are like fiery coals. And it doesn't mean that they are looking to harm people. The point is, is that when a person is a Torah scholar, you know, um, you have to treat them with a certain amount of respect. And if we don't give the proper respect that that they deserve, which is the honor of the Torah, which is not necessarily for them even, it's for the Torah that's inside of them. So then it could have disastrous consequences for ourselves. So the point is from the Mishnah is that we need to be careful. Number one is we have to try to come close, but we can't come too close that the people we want to look up to become like our buddies, our chums, we still have to have a certain level of respect when it comes to Torah scholars, and I want to add that it's not just for you know Torah scholars, like I mentioned before, it's for the Torah, for the mitzvot. We shouldn't look at it and and you know as like rote or things we do. It should have a certain level of respect and awe in our minds, um, and when we do that, I believe it comes to this ultimate connection to Hashem, where we have this love and fear. We need to have both. That's that's how our relationship with Hashem. We need to have ava. Which is love and yiru, which is fear. And, and then when we have, we develop that relationship with the love and the fear, we get to the best connection with Hashem. So that's going to be it for today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, please feel free to reach out to me at rabbishnomokon, k-o-h-n, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you.